0: All right. Welcome, Melissa Townsend. Hi, and welcome, our Archetypal Tarot podcast listeners, and for subscribers on video, you can see that we are at my house here in Sassoon, California. So this is my first guest interview that I have the pleasure of doing in my own home. We have a cozy fire going. We have tea. And We have a fabulous guest to join us today to talk about her many, many projects, but we're going to focus today particularly on her work with the sutras, which have culminated somewhat recently in cards that you can uh, witness this amazing imagery and work that she's done with the sutras, but we'll explore a little bit of her past projects as well, which include extensive work with the Tarot. So welcome everyone and welcome Melissa.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here.
0: Oh fabulous. (laughs) So let's just dig right in. Uh, So the the deck that will that I got to sample and take a look at is the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali meditation deck which is the of of the book one, right? But as I understand it, you are you also have book two out now, and is there is there? So I have. Um, so it's so you
1: said my work with the sutras. There's of course sutras. A sutra is a particular form of um it's a teaching form. I like to describe it as a kind of a combination, a, a mashup of mnemonic device. A uh, haiku and PowerPoint. You know, it's like it's 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 a it's a compact statement that is meant, uh, and that they're put together. Sutra means string uh to teach uh, as a philosophical or spiritual teaching tool so the particular sutras are the yoga sutras the the teaching tool about yoga and there's four books to the yoga sutras this this is the uh, meditation deck for book one which gives you the big picture overview i also have book one out in a book here we go there's the book oh
0: beautiful
1: and then um and then book two out in a book also and um I have finished the paintings for uh, book three and book four, and I'm currently working on the text and on getting the book out for book three. And um, hopefully that will be out by the end of this year, 2023, and then book four to follow that. Um, And uh, as, as I think I said to you, I started working with the Yoga Sutras in this way not because I intended to produce books or a meditation deck, but because I, um, you know, I I actually, I had like a moment of realization while cleaning my desk in the, in the spring of uh, 2011. Um, And the, the, the moment of realization was around the fact that like my mind never stopped talking to me, which of course, you know, after 20 some years of practice, that's a little bit of a duh moment of realization. It's like, yeah, you know, that's why you've been practicing. Um, But uh, I, as I remembered that, that my, as I realized that, like I was cleaning my desk and I'm like, Oh wait, you know, like that, that voice, like that one, that one right now, that's like saying, but should I keep this or should I not keep this? Mm-hmm. Or you know, do I remembering the words to a song and I'm wondering when my husband's going to be home and what we're going to have for dinner? It's like, wait, that never stops. That is always going. And what would it be like? Like, what what would that be like? What was I separate from that voice? Separate from that voice that's always going.
0: <laughs> you
1: know, like. And then in that moment, I remembered the second yoga sutra because I had been practicing yoga for 20 some years at that point. And I had been studying Sanskrit for, I don't remember, I'm not sure how many years I'd been studying Sanskrit and I had read the yoga sutras and I'd gone and studied them. But I remembered the second yoga sutra, which is usually translated as uh, yoga is, it's a description, it's the definition of what yoga is, that it's the stilling of the movements of the mind and of the activity of the mind, of that thing. Yoga is that, that's like, it's the stopping of that voice. And um, and then the third sutra says, then you occupy your own real nature. And I, I remembered that sutra and I thought, oh, I have to work with the yoga sutras. And I'd actually never liked the yoga sutras. I'd always disliked the yoga sutras.
0: Oh, interesting. So I actually had a very similar experience with that. When I was studying yoga and, you know, we got the book on the Patanjali's Patanjali sutras and I'm reading it. And I, I just would, I felt like I was wrestling with Patanjali and I, I was asking why a lot and I, I was like, what does this ancient text? I could see some gems in there, but I was also like, what What does this have to do with me now? Right. And I struggled. So can you... Did you have a support? Yeah, yeah. Answer? No, so
1: I always dislike, I think another reason why I'd always dislike the yoga sutras is because when you study, when you take, when you practice yoga asana, which is like I like to describe yoga asana as the gateway drug, you know, that's the <laughs> thing. That's 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 where you start. But like the real yoga, it's not to say that asana, asana is fantastic. Um, but the real yoga is about. The the real practice of yoga is honestly whatever it takes to get you to understand that you are that you are being itself. That's what you are. That your your that your nature is infinite. You're you're you are the life force itself. Wow. Being a person. And um uh but but when you do yoga asana in the United States, most of the time, you know, well, you hear a lot about the yamas and niyamas, which are in book two, that like the rules. And actually, like for, for me, that always seemed like, you know, like the Ten Commandments. So, you know, don't do this, don't do that, do this. And it's like if you've grown up with any of that, you can sort of feel like, I just didn't I just like, didn't I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear all these all of that. So I think there's that, and I think there's the fact that, as you said, that it's like in a foreign language. As I said, it's like a PowerPoint presentation. You're not actually really meant to just read the Yoga Sutras and get them.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. They're meant to be taught to you by a teacher who's explaining. It's like it's like it's a compact phrase that a lot is in. So you're meant to be in any sutra form. You're meant to be.
0: And this actually, before I forget, I actually want to. This is the first that feels really connected to tarot for me too. Uh, because you have that whole uh prog- progression of the major arcana the minor arcana their meanings you can read it in a book but it's not really meant to be trans the meanings aren't really meant to be translated through by opening a book right, right. it's about that flow that happens when you're reading the cards you're seeing the imagery things pop in your mind things happen uh, it's helpful to know these meanings but uh, ultimately, you know, something is experienced and taught by, you know, if you can learn tarot from a teacher or a, a person who can bring these things together for you, uh, mm-hmm. it seems like that's a, a really essential component for both of these worlds that we'll, we'll kind of touch in here there, and there, there, there. there trying trying to, connect. Uh, to connect
1: the two yeah, worlds exactly. a little bit. Yeah. I would have to think about that a little bit more to, mm-hmm. to see whether, whether I, uh, uh, because, um, yeah, tarot, because I I didn't uh, have a, I can't, I didn't really have a tarot. Tea. I had a friend I, and uh, one friend in particular that we played a lot together with, but um, I definitely think the process of doing readings uh, teaches you. The tarot is, um or tarot, is, is uh I feel, I think that it's, they, they operate on different levels, but that it's, but it is, but both of them operate in a way where it's getting you to connect to some, a a teacher, an internal teacher. So that, that's definitely the case. And both of them can seem, um, uh, over overwhelming if you're just, um, just presented with them like, okay, I have to make sense of this. Right. But, um, in that moment when I had the the sense of like uh, in 2000 in the spring of 2011 that I have to work with the yoga sutras because because the yoga sutras that they have the key it has it can t- tell me what I it can it's meant to do this thing that I'm feeling like I need to do and um what I thought at the time was well, how am I going to do this because I could I could get out the book, I could read it. I could be translating the Sanskrit, but I, I knew myself at this point, you know, I mean, I had a kid, I had there's work and life and family. And like within three weeks at tops, you know, if I get out the book, I'm going to read it. Like it's going to be sitting beside the, <laughs> the bed. So was so, was you know, I said, I know I'll paint them. So ah. the idea of painting the yoga sutras came as not as a way to create a body of work or anything like that but as a way to anchor me to the practice of showing up regularly to engage with them to engage with the yoga sutras to let the the idea was never to illustrate the yoga sutras the idea was to let the yoga sutras teach me and to show up to them to let them each sutra inform a painting in a non predetermined way right. so that i would be engaging with them deeply and in an intuitive way and they would inform a painting and that painting would in turn also teach me and you know yeah. I think as I I spent the next few months trying to figure out how I was going to do it because mm-hmm. there there was like this voice that came and said like are, are you nuts you know I had just finished like this body like like that's that's like a lot of paintings you know that's <laughs> and, um, and, and it's hard it's going to be hard don't don't um, but oh no, no, no! I'll just commit to book one. But um, right. uh, th- I did. It did occur to me that perhaps I would, you know, that, that that I could make myself a meditation deck from it. But um, but the point was to engage with the Yoga Sutras, and that was what. Like that's also, you know, we were talking about this that that, in terms of using the deck, or in terms of like saying to other people, like you can do this too it's it's this it's you and that's where the yoga sutras are a little like the 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 like in terms of the anything can serve as the gateway into that sense of self anything can the tarot can Mm -hmm. but the sutras like sanskrit and that that whole philosophical system is specifically designed to bring you to an awareness of your true nature
0: wow wow so i want to i want to paint for our listeners what this looked like when you got into the flow so uh you know how big are these these paintings or but maybe even before you picked up the paint before you picked up the brushes um you know you read the sutra what what happened next what what was your process and maybe it was different for each one but maybe there's one in particular you're remembering that uh i'd just love to get a little window into you know how you brought the sutra in something that you maybe struggled with or uh you know there was on the page it translated into english which is imperfect to start with right 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 no that's um,
1: that's actually an excellent point yeah because um so this is the other thing, like when you read the yoga sutras in a book, so, and I should, I do, I should show some pictures too. So I, I can, you know, give you just so that you can see like that. They, I guess people can't really see, I can give you, uh, images to show, but yeah. the, the, the images can serve as sort of as meditation devices too. That's the whole point of the deck That's too, right. of course. But so that the idea too, is that like, this is a gateway, like this is the sutras as art. Yeah. Um, so I loved, like, in your question where you go, like, maybe, like, it wasn't so easy. And I feel like laughing and going, like, none of it was easy ever. It's right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's spiritual practice. It's right. not meant to be easy. <laughs> that's, that's not the point. Easy is not the point here. Right. It's meant to push your buttons. It's uh-huh. meant to, like, make bring up all your stuff to make you feel uh-huh. insecure and make you feel like you don't know anything and, like, uh-huh. you're going to get it all wrong. And then, and then like to put you through all of this and then to sort of show you something that makes you that changes like your perception of all of it so yeah. that you then are like, Oh my God, I want more. Like, it's okay. You can make me feel all the bad things you want. Like for that feeling for that awareness of,
0: Oh, right, right. That's right. I'm not all that stuff mm. for
1: that second. Like the more you get it, the more the more you're willing to put up with whatever it takes <laughs> to have it. Wow. And, and that's the process of engaging in spiritual practice. Yeah. And that's the process, like an art, art makes it fun because, but it doesn't always make it fun. Right. But I do actually like painting. And, it, and there's also something about an art you could also, and I will actually answer your question and give yeah. you specifics, <laughs> uh, but art is also like, it's a high level sort of processing of perception. So, and it's a way of communicating. So there's so many things about art that makes it like a perfect vehicle for doing this. But for me, so I decide I'm going to paint the Yoga Sutras. How am I going to do this? So first of all, even if I'm just committed to book one, that's like fifty two sutras uh, 51 52 i'm forgetting at this moment um so i'm gonna have to and i have a small studio how am i gonna do it so i spend the next few months figuring out what this is how i'm gonna do that so the paintings themselves are um 16 all 16 by 20 inches on unstretched canvas they hang from um an oak dowel an oak dowel at the top and the bottom on um there's a grosgrain ribbon that is attached to the back, you know, for the museum collection they could be mounted on something to like keep them, but uh, in my small studio that won't work. Um, they uh, so so it spends it it takes a while for me to figure out how exactly what the structure is going to be. And because I had designed to row decks before and although I had not no intention of like doing anything like, you know, a book, I, I did I did sort of think, well maybe I could do a meditation deck with it after, especially in book 1, the structure of the cards themselves, the structure of the images themselves all have they all work with an image a, a format that does actually translate pretty well into like a, a a deck in that there's right. like this double square and then the sanskrit is all written below the devanagari yeah. is
0: all below okay so we got to talk about sanskrit for for a moment so you studied sanskrit and have learned both how to read it write it and speak it
1: <laughs> speak it um so and I still study Sanskrit, I would say, to say I have studied Sanskrit would imply a level of mastery that, like, I don't think any, I mean, there may be some people who really, truly do claim to be masters in Sanskrit, but most people don't, even if they are. Um, So, uh, like, the conversational Sanskrit is not really something that I am very adept in. It just, it doesn't. I, I a little bit of ability there. I have, but but um, that's not something that I have a lot of experience with. So.
0: so I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I've been exposed a little bit, uh, but I, you know, I, I we did some chants before we. Oh, so the record, chanting, and... the chanting
1: is also different from yeah. conversational. Oh, but yes, yes, the chanting I can yeah. totally do. But yeah. that's
0: great. And and I know you have YouTube videos that help with the pronunciation right. and all of that. There, there, and I'm coming from the opposite side of the spectrum. I've uh, I, I can pronounce a couple of things. Um, but there's no way I can read it, but um, but there was something in your booklet that comes with the cards that I really appreciated, which was that even if you don't know the Sanskrit, that you don't know what that beautiful calligraphy that is all throughout your deck says or means, um, even if you don't know how to pronounce it perf- perfectly. That the benefits of that that sanskrit can right can be sent your way and um i thought that that was it was really nice as a beginner uh and you know someone who has a little like the tiniest speck of knowledge on these things Mm. uh that that you know i could take a card from your deck and see this beautiful writing and to read about it and to um look it up do my best (laughs) <laughs> to To say this chant as best as I can, but that even just moving towards that Sanskrit, it's moving towards you yeah. in this beautiful way. Can you say it? Yeah, yeah, I'm oh like, my God, you, yeah. we could talk forever. <laughs> um, so
1: actually I started doing incorporating Sanskrit. I got my studio by the plan to incorporating Sanskrit into paintings and, um, and I just referenced briefly this project I'd finished before I had that moment of realization, because in the tradition of uh, Sanskrit that I was taught in, where we did learn, you know, by chanting, we learned traditional way, the grammar and everything, but also it really emphasized Sanskrit as a vibrational language, that it's mm-hmm. meant to move you forward on the path to enlightenment just by being around it. And, um, And I started incorporating Sanskrit into paintings as a way to bring that transformational vibration out into the world. Uh, That was initially when I started doing, prior to doing the Yoga Sutras, actually there was a particular uh, stotram, prayer, the Shiva Mahimna stotram. That's how I got my studio and what I had to do first and what I had just finished. But um, but in between, I did a lot else, but the idea of being just exactly that, that just by being around it, just by being around the language, it's changing you. Sri Brahmananda Saraswati, the uh, guru of my teachers, used to say that um, if you want to change your life, put the Sanskrit alphabet up somewhere where you'll see it every day, oh, that wow. it's meant that it's... And if you think about it too, like language is how we structure thought. And um, I teach Sanskrit for like yoga teacher trainings mostly. And um, uh, one of the, like one of the points that I make, and uh, David Frawley made it really well in his book that like in England, if you think so, you could talk about it in this woo-woo kind of way, like, oh, it's this transformational language that moves you forward on the path to enlightenment. But in a certain sense too, it just makes sense. Like in in he mentions how in Inuit there's like a hundred words for snow. Right. We mm-hmm. have snow, uh, sleet, and hail. That's it. And so- Sanskrit has more words to describe the nature of the self, to describe the divine, to describe mm-hmm. the process whereby you connect to the divine. It has more specific terms. It has more. It is a language that is really truly designed it to move you forward on the path to enlightenment It it, it is it has a, it has a whole vocabulary uh that we that part of the reason why it's difficult to translate is because we don't have words in english that so specifically describe what sounds what many words in sanskrit are trying to describe about the nature of the human experience and the divine experience and how they relate
0: Well, that speaks so much to what, you know, when I try and do a chant in English, I feel weird. (laughs) And even though it's this, this language that's, you know, I wasn't raised with, that's, that's outside of my culture. And, you know, but when I've been taught the Sanskrit and chant the Sanskrit, in the right way it feels right it
1: resonates it resonates
0: but if i chant something in english it feels
1: so weird to me yeah 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 so So, i was also i can the just the story about like what it was like to work on it i mean i have every almost every paint every painting does have a story because every painting is engaging with that sutra but just to to fit the specific story about what it was like to work on and it was so each book has been different too so with book one so book one is like the big overview picture. It's called Samadhi Pada, which is on transcendence, really, or on, on transcendent meditative absorption. It's Samadhi is one of those words that doesn't really translate into English. Book two is on sadhana Pada. it's on practice. Book three is vibhuti, which Pada, which is on, it's translated different ways, but often it's translated as on powers, but I like it on, I like, remarkable manifestations and book 4 is kaivalya which is independence but book 1 the big overview samadhi um so the first book just says the first sutra just says atta yoga anushasana now now we're going to i'm going to tell you what yoga is the first the first sutra traditionally just says this is what this is what this is, this is what we're going to look at and then the next one is the definition, yogas citta vritti nirodaha. It's very, it's, that's another one that you chant a lot in classes. And it's usually, it's yoga is the nirodaha, the the controlling or the stilling or the, the, um, um, the uh, uh, there's a word I'm trying to think of that I'm forgetting right now, the restraining of the, vrittis the activity of the chitta, which is usually translated as mind but is much more than mind it's like the whole thinking feeling it's that whole i think like the word internal organ so anyhow this is like the heavy hitter this is the one that i've so i'm like i'm going to show what a good painter i am though so I, I do what i plan to do for the first one but i'm like really like The second one, that's the one where I'm really going to like, I'm going to go to town. I'm going to show what a good painter I am. I have this whole plan. I'm going to like sand down the surface and it's going to be multi-layered and it's going to be all this. So I get going and I sand down the surface that I've started with. I've, I've cut up another painting and I'm using a piece of that as the beginning point for it. And after I sand it down, I realize, I don't realize, when I say like I realize, like the the process of working on book one was a process. I often described it as feeling like I was being led by the nose by the (laughs) yoga sutras. Like now you do this, like something would come up. Like I said, I wanted to engage deeply with the yoga sutras and I was going to let the yoga sutras teach me. I was not prepared for what that would be like. So I have mm-hmm. this big plan and I get sort of a message. So again, you know, my day job is as a psychic. So I say, I get this message and it's like, but I get the, the, that all that I need to do now that I've sanded down this inner part is put a gold dot in the center. And I feel depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, and I do it and it looks perfect. And I know that that's exactly all it should be. And I felt like anxious and depressed, and like, like this was my big plan. Like I, mm-hmm. I was going to paint the Yoga Sutras, and something else is going to be telling me what to do. It, it's like I, I didn't, I, I. It was just, I. It, it doesn't make sense to other people, perhaps, when I describe like. Like that this really created this feeling of, of depression and anxiety. But then I, I had to keep going. I had said I was going to do this. And um, the process was so much a process. Anytime, like I would be, I would get a message of what to do if I would fight it. No, 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 that's not my idea. I'm not going to do that. But that would be the thing that I would end up doing. And then sometimes, and then then a little bit later, I get to another sutra and I'm like, oh, this is the sutras on vairagya, non-attachment. And by this time, this is, you know, I'm like, well, I'm a very attached person. Something is definitely going to have to tell me what to do here. And um, uh, the, the, the whole uh, process of working on that was, well, I mean, it was a totally different thing, but, but the process of, both listening and allowing and surrendering, and then also sometimes, like if I thought, okay, well now we'll just surrender, then it would be like, I oh don't know, uh, uh, you, you now you lead, you know. So <laughs> it it would that like I said, the, the 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 nature of the spiritual path is to always make you feel a little uncomfortable mm. until. And then it opens up and there's this level of, of it's not, it's beyond comfort, this level of sort of understanding or awareness or, or perception that just changes the way you see and experience everything.
0: Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So. Well, thank you for, painting that window into making these paintings and the challenges and um and the and the bliss the samadhi that can these the moments moment, i'm sure that you experience right so the process yeah. that
1: was with samadhi pada then in sadhana pada yeah. then, then i was like okay now so i went from not liking the yoga sutras to by the end of book one oh. being in love with oh, them wow. and then i couldn't wait to get into book two and then um in book two so again there's a the um the undercurrent, the the Sankhya is the philosophy that um, informs the Yoga Sutras, but I was determined not to study Sankhya when I got started because I didn't want to, like I just wanted to engage with the Yoga Sutras. Um, As I start to get into book two, um, the paintings just kept coming, but um, as I'm starting to get in, in book two at a certain point, they get into some sort of heavy duty Sankhya philosophy And um, I uh, realize that I'm not gonna understand it unless Mm -hmm. I study Sankhya. And as I do that, Sankhya is very dualistic. And I think here, most of us, many of us and here in the United States too, then I think have, so the dualistic means that there's reality and there's the spirit and they never the twain shall meet. I think most of us feel more comfortable with the idea that there's a oneness that unites it all. And Sankhya, um, I mean, some people will argue this, that there that doesn't happen at all in Sankhya. Um, so as I'm reading these sutras and thinking like, I don't know if I agree with this. I don't know if I believe any, like, why am I doing this? But the paintings just keep coming. Right. And at this point, like then there was this, the paintings start teaching me things about the Yoga Sutras, that like like it's like they're coming and I don't even know from where as I'm thinking like this doesn't feel all that magical, but then 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 um but something else is happening like at every step it was not necessarily what I expected Book three is a totally different story as is book four, each one of them the the process of teaching and, and so then I just want to, Say too, so it's. I enjoy talking about my own experience doing it because it's so powerful, and because I also want to encourage others to in, find their own way in to engage creatively with the text. Because when you do it, or to engage creatively in some way with some particular spiritual practice, because it's a way of bringing it into your life, it's a way of putting your attention on it and having it inform you daily but also like as you were saying like with doing something like having the card or you know the the in with with the, the images and the way that i try to write the text for the books of the yoga sutras is also trying to i i've really tried to make it something that is as accessible as possible as a means of practice.
0: Yeah, well, this deck is precisely for someone like me who struggled, try, but is curious and, and knows how uh, powerful and transformative the sutras are, but just feeling, you know, having a hard time getting into them. And mm-hmm. I feel like when I pick up your deck and I see your paintings, and then I read about the sutras, something, I, I welcome it on another level mm-hmm. and so it it just was like a doorway for me and i was so oh that's I'm, so good I'm so glad to hear that <laughs> and I'm just so appreciative that you did this this work that you know it it's 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 emerged for your own way but it sets for all of us an example of how we can go down this route with with other things that that uh, enchant us and i i know for our listeners that's going to be the tarot right so right engaging with that imagery or, or going along that progression of the the meanings of each of the cards and how they show up in your life and and having your own individual relationship right um and if you can do art that's awesome um for others it's writing for others it's right so many different things um so and the tarot i think yeah. also mm-hmm. serves like like I, I think of
1: i think like the, once like the uh tree of life the uh Sefura, the kabbalistic tree of life was described as um like file cabinets, like each of those, each of those, uh, the Sephirot, each of the, uh, they're each file cabinets. And I think of that like with the Tarot, especially with the major arcana, that there's so many things that each image, each, it's a little bit like, like you you have the hanged man, like there's, there's so many different meanings. From so many different cultures that can mm-hmm. be brought into these images, I think yeah. they function in a slightly different way, I think, than the um, than the Yoga Sutras. But in the same way, like as you as a meditation device, right? It it can serve as something like the, a lot of it is is again what you placing attention how you pay attention as you go through your life. And this is, you know, we talked about it, it like at, in, in this time when there's so many things to pay attention to, how do you corral your attention in a way that helps you connect to what's true? Right. And um, the, the, a text like the Yoga Sutras is specifically designed to lead you to a certain experience of a self that is beyond this, beyond the the being that you appear to be. The uh, Tarot help can help you um, connect to a certain like so. If you think of like the major arcana as like the 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 hero's path. And that's, you know, I have like the videos on YouTube about the, uh, the hero's journey, the fool's journey through the tarot. And it's not, you know, I didn't make up that idea, but, um, uh, understanding, like understanding your experience in light of something that has a bigger meaning. Like, you know, if you think like, okay, this is where I am today. This is how I can understand my experience it helps gives you a framework for um, going deeper into the, your experience for understanding it on a level beyond the reactive level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and the reason I pulled up the hang now, this is from your, tarot cards called the subtle tarot. And I know you've had different versions. I have a, and, uh, yeah. And
1: earlier the, uh, it's, I think it's called the Melissa Townsend's tarot, or I usually refer to the L Ted's tarot, which is <laughs> more colorful and sort of beginner oriented. So you, in a you way.
0: started in a playful way with this image. Right? right. And, and I'm wondering if there's a similarity in your process between, um, how you worked with the sutras and, and how you, you know, you had, you, had your own relationship with the imagery of the the tarot. Tarot, the tarot and then um so I pulled up the hanged man here because you were mentioning you know this tree of life imagery so your hanged man and you're not going to be able to see you this far for our video audience but um you have the the hanged man figures hanging from this giant tree that has multiple branches reaching up um and then then you see all of those roots below it um so you really um made this imagery your own and and also pulled in worldly concepts and, and right and, and also
1: um, specifically yeah. i'm uh i love i love my version of the Hangman man because yeah, of that really but also right. it really relates to the myth of odin hanging right. on the tree of yggdrasil yggdrasil the tree of life but the tree the roots go down into the underworld and the uh, branches go up into the realm of the gods, and, um, but Odin had to sacrifice an eye in order to be allowed to hang upside down on the tree for three days and three nights, Uh, sort of in order to be able to undergo something uncomfortable, he had to give up, something meaningful as I uh, to go through something uncomfortable in order to gain wisdom
0: it's reminding me of your experience of d- painting this right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. the eye moment right you had to get rid of the eye moment and then once you got rid of it then it said you're gonna bring the eye back and, right. uh, <laughs> right. so you um, undergo
1: something yeah <laughs> unpainful <laughs> uh it, to, in order to have the honor to do something painful uh right. in order to gain something transcendent
0: and you have another connection to odin in this he was said to be able to you know know with the sacrifice of that eye to be able to see um i think it was into the future or see fates and mm-hmm. um and you have this gift of being a psychic as well uh how has this work uh helped it or not or is connected to your work and abilities as a psychic
1: Well, I mean, I think that when I was working on book one, sometimes I would say that it feels a little bit like I'm doing a reading for the yoga sutras, only the yoga sutras are telling me what to say, you know, like doing a reading, like doing a psychic reading, like I'm psychically engaging with the yoga sutras, the way that when you do a reading for somebody as a psychic, it's like you enter their experience of reality, or you have a you have a an experience both of what it's like to be them and what it's like to be outside of them you know what it's like to be them their their internal experience and you also see it from a perspective where you kind of see it within the context of their life um uh but so it like and and as i said you know getting being attuned to paying attention to listening to that inner. I mean, I do actually think like when you said, you know, you have this gift of being a psychic psychic. My first thought was, well, everybody has that gift. Not everybody develops it. Everybody everybody has that um, capacity. Book three, for example, of the Yoga Sutras is Vibhuti. It's about powers, you know, about the the remarkable powers, the superpowers that uh supposedly are said to accrue or happen they could be developed or they just happen as part of the practice of yoga and one of them is seeing the past and future there's and you know there's also flying and being invisible you know superpowers exist beyond (laughs) time and space Apparent, you know i mean it's it's, i think there's something sort of comforting to know that like the marvel cinematic universe is <laughs> using the same superpowers as the yoga sutras there you go. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and harry potter you know like superpowers are the same across the board wow but um uh the um those those abilities like like the reason they call it a sixth sense or something I think from the perspective, uh, as you become more and more connected to the sense of yourself as this infinite being. Those things don't seem so odd, the powers that seem so incredible, they don't seem any more incredible than the kind of perception that we take for granted. and. I think that um, a lot of, again, the process of engaging like this is a process of paying with it with a, with a text in any way that is meaningful to you on a regular basis, whether it is through something like using the meditation deck or reading it or chanting it or putting it to music or painting it or dancing to it or whatever you do to engage with it is a process of paying attention and in that, you're, what you're really paying attention to is not just the text, but to that internal voice. And that's the thing. That's the thing that all of us want really want to build that connection to. And that's the thing that's so hard because, you know, sometimes it says things that you don't want to hear. Someday you're not sure if you hear it or did you hear it correctly. And learning how to listen, And also not forget that you're also still supposed to use your mind, like, you know, it says, pour all that water over this, it's like, hmm, am I going to do that? You know, I don't know. It's like, there's this whole process of learning how, but, but how to engage with it, how to pay attention, how to pay attention. But that process of learning to pay attention to that internal voice that's the same process of like being a psychic of doing a reading of listening of of uh, and and building that connection and that's definitely the process that the tarot is trying to help you do like this is a bridge this is something here's a way here's how we can start to build communication between the inner and the outer and um and with the tarot, you can't forget to use your mind either. You know, you can't right. you have to, you know, something like if you 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 have to think, well, that just might be my fear talking, or is this coming up because, um because why is this coming up? you you right. have to you have to always engage with it with mm-hmm. a full with the full person that you are,
0: that's right. yeah. and i'm and I'm sure. The meditation and practices can help distinguish what those those voices are doing and where they're where they're originating and right right um, so it's uh, they seem so But that voice, that, that voice is that's
1: really like yeah. I mean, I think that's really that's really the key that we're all uh, that that developing that that uh, ability to pay attention to that in what's happening in the real, what's happening inside the real, the real us inside is really, is really what it's about. I think that's also like why, you know, we're drawn to things like, like mermaids, you know, because they're liminal creatures. They're creatures that occupy two worlds, you know, Right, right. and we are liminal creatures occupying yeah. this outer world,
0: and the inner world and we want that liminal space yeah we want to find Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. so i got to take um melissa into my mermaid room today so we're (laughs) nice and inspired yeah um so it's been so great to dive in deeply into your this is really just a beautiful life's work that you have um offered people that you know, can enjoy this, and so how would you picture if if you could imagine people out there using your decks and and using both either your tarot cards or your uh, sutra cards? How would how would you picture them using them?
1: Uh, so I think the sutra cards are actually um, really great to use as like you could use them as a daily meditation tool. The sutra cards, The, the I actually, like I said, I have the books, the the, the book is great, but uh, but the nice thing about the cards is it can give you the experience of even sort of like, you can put out more than one, you can see how they relate visually to each other. You can have them all out. You can get much more of the experience that I have like in my own studio where you can, you can sort of have the energy of them all just sort of, Mm. saying something to you and you can let that energy just
0: just, yeah that's really exciting yeah Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: so i think that actually working with them as a meditation tool where you just like you could put out one or you could put out a few of them and just let them sort of inform you uh like the way like having it up there to just just sort of like a little reminder having it somewhere where you'll see it during the day and um you know reading it like like maybe taking a little bit of time in the morning to look at it to read it to maybe try to read this sanskrit if you can um this one is about with the with the red horse red winged horse is about vikalpa one of the mm-hmm. movements of the mind and vikalpa is abstract so as yoga says it's the stilling of the activity of the mind and it defines five different types of activities one of which is vikalpa and vikalpa is um, usually translated as fantasy, but it's really abs- it's abstract thinking. But it's so it's any, like, um, uh, it has a red-winged horse because the definition of vikalpa is something that exists only with words, it doesn't exist. There's In no the actual full reality. Right, so if I say a red-winged horse, you immediately imagine something, but there is no red-winged horse. It was created by the words. So that's what that's a vikalpa. It can be imagination, but also like um, a heart of stone or friendship. None of these things actually exist.
0: Like as a thing. As a thing. Uh,
1: yeah. Right. It's yeah. an idea. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that all of this, like that, like the, we need vikalpas to like sort of arrange our ideas about life but they can also be limiting.
0: Well, as a storyteller, this is what has been identified as so important to human survival is because we're able to bring into conversation something that isn't literally before us allows us to prepare ourselves for all sorts of scenarios that aren't happening literally right now, but could happen or- Right, right. and, and, And- you know, so I I think and I think this actually was one of the cars I picked because I love <laughs> red wing horse and your your painting of it is so beautiful. But it's all it was also like an example of one of the ways I strung, struggled with the wording of the sutras. I was like, well, but I like my red wing horse. You know, right? What's wrong with the red wing horse? So for it's example, <laughs> so for example, like the mind. <laughs> this is like the
1: the whole thing that that can be there's nothing wrong the mind is a great thing right right the mind is and the way in understanding the way so i think it's really a fascinating thing to go through the day and see like uh, like the five kind of definite the five types of activities of the mind does that really fit every activity of mind is there something that doesn't fall into that it's right knowledge wrong knowledge vikalpa abstract thinking uh sleep and memory memory is another fascinating one it's like Mm. like like we can't make a cup of coffee we can't make you know without memory because how what else would you know not how to boil the water or what you do um it's just but the mind is a really useful tool. The idea is not that there's a problem with it.
0: Right, the idea
1: right. is to not be mastered by it, but to be the so master the of it. The problem
0: is when I think, oh, and, you know, Red Wing Horse could be some other problem that I'm totally uh, preoccupied with and, right, and right. that I get sucked into the literalism of that and it starts to the, the red wing horse is dominating my life
1: <laughs> and the red wing horse develops fangs right. getting ready to bite you so
0: many of us are haunted by these things right, right. And that they're they're you know and then when we can step back and, and realize that we are creating the red wing horse right that this is you know something that's useful but you know doesn't own us right and it's not the all of our reality right um but that becomes really important and, and so mindfulness and things like that have taken off you know right um and become such a part of uh so many more people's understanding so this really is in many ways like a very 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 ancient original teachings uh right the the basics of of mindfulness and in all of its occupations right um with with you know, so many spiritual opportunities in, involved in that. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think when I first, I, when, when I first thought I have to work for the yoga sutras, I thought it's a mind training manual. And I don't know that that's entirely true. Although, I mean, you, you could make an argument for it, Um, but mind training, or, you know, I liked the notion too, of making the mind, your friend, mm-hmm. but, um because the mind can be so unfriendly in terms of oh, what it does to you. Yeah. Yeah, and I 20%. think the notion of trying trying to make it, get get getting to know it, understanding it, and um, and developing a relationship with it that is friendly, and also being able to. Um, focus it so that it's not always trying you know part of the way the mind tries to run the show is by creating problems that it will then solve for you you know (laughs) that's what the mind is doing all the time here's a problem i'm going to solve it you know oh here's a new problem and you know some of that is again really linked to our our survival as human beings you know but um uh we, we don't we don't want to take away that functionality we just want to um we 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 want to uh not be imprisoned by it
0: right exactly exactly well yeah. what a powerful tool and i'm just so happy that you know i can have this relationship with the sutra and yeah. with art and uh and with my own mind i yes. can make a friend. So. and i'm so
1: happy also like Like, actually, when you said that this, like, what you described about your issues with the sutras is exactly what I also remember, like, even though I had read them in Sanskrit, I knew that they were more, but, but, like, reading the commentary, like, like, and that whole, like, this is really something beautiful and wonderful for you. The fact that you have that experience and that the cards like that, that that being with the images can help give you that sense. That's exactly what
0: I want. Oh, fabulous. Well, success all around. Good. And uh, so what, what can we expect from you next? Or if, if our audience members want to uh, check out your work, how can they find you? And um, um, so what do you have on the horizon.
1: Okay, so uh, to check out my work and see there's uh, my website, um, Melissa-Townsend.com, and um, that and, and next, like I said, I'm I hope to have book three out uh, by the end of this year. Um, I've been, you know, presenting and showing the work some at um, mostly at universities and philosophical uh, conferences. So there, I have some of that coming up, and um, I, I should put i put that up on my website and um and then with the there's videos i have the tarot videos and um and the beginning the uh, the, i started the videos about pronouncing the yoga sutras but i didn't finish those i have to finish those still (laughs) (laughs) so So much much work I i
0: know
1: so that that's what um uh that that's what That's awesome. Well,
0: I encourage everyone to come and find you and check out this beautiful work that you have offered the world. And um, I'm going to take the red-winged Pegasus here uh, over to the viewers to see more closely before I shut off the recording. So, Melissa, give um, thank you so much for coming. Say goodbye to our audience. Here comes the Pegasus. (laughs) Let's see. Hopefully, the camera will pick it up. Here it is. Yes, there it is. And thank you so much for joining everybody.